this doesn't work. It, this doesn't fit with my ethos. I'm going to change. I'm going to leave. It enables us to just move and find the right thing. You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Zero. I use Zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients' accounts, and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to zero.com with an X, and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community, forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman, I'm here with Joe Wood, and we're joined by Wendy Ross from Tunbridge Accounts. Hi, Wendy, how are you? Hi, hi, Zoe, hi, Joe. I'm good, good, very well today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's always lovely to have a chat. I see you on social media all the time. It's like, we have to have a chat with Wendy. I know we, there are a few things we're like, we need to talk to Wendy about that. We need to talk to Wendy about that. So um, today we wanted to talk about um, having an ideal client. You've just gone through a rebrand, which has really stood out to me and everything that I've seen. And I thought it'd be really nice to hear from you about that. Um, but Wendy, do you want to start by telling me a bit about your background and why you started your practice? Yep, sure. Hi, I'm Wendy, and yes, I'd love to share my journey with you all. I've been working in the finance industry for about over a decade, um, gaining valuable experience at some of the top firms, like I started off with KBMG, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, doing audit, and then I moved to Ernest & Young in Bermuda. That was from general um, audit practice to asset management team, and then I met my husband there and um, my path took slight turn and I moved to the UK here and I started with HSBC Bank PLC and I did regulatory work at that time it was a bit like I think with what we with what we do you can pivot quite easily and it was a bit more of like you know what the market wanted Um, and the boss that was hiring me that time he was it was quite interesting character he was like um you don't have regulatory background but you've got the necessary skills that you know how to apply something you learn into something else so that's fine um that's how I got my start there and then um I had two kids but I think with the bank there were, there were quite a lot of restructuring going on as, at the time as well so the role con- constantly changed um but my path to starting my own practice was shaped by a personal experience at that time. After I returned from maternity leave, I found myself facing a bit of an ordeal. Um, the workplace that, you know, we, that I believe it was quite supportive environment has transformed into a place of adversity. Um, there was a little bit of bullying, sadly, going on. And it made me feel that my dedication to both my career and my children, family, it couldn't coexist. My younger one had medical needs, so um, it was there was a lot of instances where my husband, myself, would call each other up and said, "Who's going today? Who's leaving? Who's leaving the job to go and pick him up?" Um, and then we 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 had Charminder at that time as well. But they with with allergies, it's so sensitive. We were told like you have to treat them allergens like glitters. Um, that's how sensitive it is. But some people just, they're not that serious about it. And he got into quite, um, you know, uncomfortable situations. And I thought at that point, actually, it's quite an easy decision. I had to make sure he was well and put my career aside. 
so that my husband could at least focus and um, support all of us. So the rigid of demands of the traditional workplace, it clashed with my responsibility being a parent. So I had to explore a different path. Um, yeah, and I also remembered it was a question when I came back and it was said, you know, the question where, when are you going again for maternity leave? It's like, we're not friends. We can't really have that conversation. And when I said, when I asked about where, where's the progression next, I was told this, the other team members, colleagues who are male, they can put more hours than you can do. How are we going to, how, 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 how are we going to compete with that? How are you going to compete with that? So it was almost like, how long are you going to be there for? What time are you going to leave versus the outcome, the output? So I think that made it quite easy for me to, it suddenly changed from a career to a job, a job versus my kids. And um, it was quite easy for me to just say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave. Um, and let uh, you know and and be a mum so in 29 uh, I think I I spent a lot of time just caring to him work you know um, he changed completely from this scrawny little um, allergic kid who you know he, he did really well he, he, he he's, he's he's amazing now and I think after about um, a year or two uh, 18 months when I knew I had everything all in place then I, I got a bit bored and I thought it's about time for me to find something um, instead of waiting till they're 12 or 13. So my husband's and he's a chartered accountant as well, same as me. So I thought, oh, I'm going to start a practice so we can, I can get into job share with him without him fully like into agreement. <laughs> so in 2019, I took a leap of faith and I established my own practice. My motivation went beyond just creating a business. It was about crafting a haven for um, individuals who, like me, we are navigating the delicate balance between professional aspirations and personal responsibilities. I wanted to challenge the norms and provide a platform that acknowledges and accommodates both aspects of life. My mission is clear. I want to empower business owners to make informed decisions with the knowledge and tools. Um, I think when we first started, we saw this gap between our friends, like smaller business owners, where they find themselves too small to go to the big fours. And then they find it quite um, intimidating as well to walk into the high street firms where, you know, you've got all their frost, frosted glass windows and you don't quite know what happens once you go through the door. Um, and these are people who want to do the right thing. They want to make sure they pay enough amount of tax, um, have good sleep at night, not stressed about things, but they just feel that, it, you know, do I pay a lot of money and not get that sort of treatment that they deserve or pay something cheaper, but not quite sure if it's going to be the right thing or not. Um, so it was started, you know, I started off with zero number of clients and it was this handful of friends who, who thought, I'll give you some, you know, an opportunity and see how you can help us. Um, wow. Wendy, yeah. what a journey. And my goodness, it, we're always talking about how these, you know, building a practice kind of finds you at some point, like the, the need and the want to build a practice comes out of because we're trying to compromise, because we're trying to, you know, manage something else in our lives. And it's we're so lucky that we have this knowledge and skill set that it gives us this, but it doesn't make it an easy choice, does it? No, I think it, and I'm I'm still finding, I don't have the, I'm not in the place where 
I have this great work-life balance yet, but I always tell people because it's it's my third or fourth year now in, but I always tell fellow friends, you know, my family, and I, I tell them, I say, I'm sort of, if you imagine this, I'm building a vehicle that is going to take me there. Um, you know, it's not overnight. Rome wasn't built overnight. So when people see me, sometimes they say, oh, yeah, you know, if I take my kids, my kids have a lot of activities. I'm quite often in the car park when they're playing tennis, doing a bit of bookkeeping or playing emails and things. But, you know, it's not about not being fully in it, but something's got to give. I'm able to take them to do um, extra things. And I think it's just, you know, sometimes I say I'm hoping that all this uh, flexibility comes with a price. Um, when I tried to find uh, get some flexibilities from the role that I was in for a long time, I could get it, but then it meant it dented your progression. And then when I left it and I thought, you know, I'll probably find a, a, a different role. And then you start realizing that if you're going to find a nine to two role, you, as a professional, no one's going to take you seriously. And it's, and you end up having to do, that's why I see a lot of fellow moms as well. They've given up work and um, I speak to them and some of them have really, really high um, background qualification roles before they, you know, they become a mom. And I'm quite often having this little casual chat and said, you know, you can actually do this, this, this. And if you start out self-employed, you can you know, trying to guide them a little bit and say that fire, you, sh you shouldn't put that off sort of thing because you can do things as small, um, get a bit of a comfort zone because some people are probably happy with, um, you know, two grand a month, some 20,000 a month. It's just finding the sweet spot and the amount of sacrifice that you want to, you know, you, you want to give. Mm. Oh my gosh, Wendy, I'm like, I'm, I'm furious that you had to make this decision. First of all, like it, it really, really gets me that, like I get, I get it. I, I know, I see it, and uh, and I can, I completely believe you that that's what you went through, and that you had, you know, you were forced into doing something for yourself. Um, I think I feel like the for a lot of mums, like you describe the confidence then gets knocked out of you, doesn't it? And I think that lots of people come and join this community Six Figure Bookkeepers Club who were like, I haven't done anything for a while because I felt like I couldn't, like you described, you know, I'll look after the kids for a bit while my husband supports us. And I think that happens really regularly. And I love that you've channeled that into, do you know what? I'm going to do it myself. And I think that, you know, the long game is building this business that's, so it can be really flexible for you and you're not scared of putting the work in now so yeah. you can then shape it. Once you've got that client base, you can shape it so that it's right for you. And it's constantly changing and evolving. The first the first time I started my business, it was to help these few friends who wanted to do the right thing. And then also I was, um I worked with a, with a stylist and she had this, impact on me where I felt like wow you've made a difference in me personally you've given me confidence you've given you've given me like oh there is actually purpose there's this little bit of you know that that self-worth confidence um but how about if I could help people making that impact individually because coming from three or four huge huge firms we were often we were numbers um and if today I didn't feel like providing a a, a regulatory opinion you know, it's like, I can't, I'm not doing it today, I'm doing it tomorrow, it doesn't matter. But 
to other smaller businesses or to one person, one individual, say one sole trader or, you know, one director in a limited company, it, it makes a difference because you can, or, or you know, we, we I have clients who come in and they say, um, can you help me with a tax return? And we help to save that couple like 12,000 pounds. And you just, they're like, that's instant. And I can tell you, I said, you can't buy any Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoins or any investment that could get you overnight returns like that. Um, and when you, and you can, you, 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 I think it changed to becoming like, what is your purpose in life? So then it started changing that I want to make more impact. You, you know, you want to create more impact, you want to bring more value in. Um, and then you also realize that, okay, then I think with everyone else, like when you can make this impact, you want to make bigger impacts and then you're trying to find scope where, so I think quick, very fairly quickly, the business model change. Um, we realized that the traditional accounting once a year thing that doesn't work anymore because mm. you know we're not really you, you don't really feel like you you're doing what you what, what you set out to achieve um and then it's pulling back changing your business structure and say actually we're not we're no longer working um businesses who requires just that sort of service um i i've changed my website about three times now um and every time i just feel like oh i've outgrown what i believe or what i think i was gonna you know what i think i'm gonna do um then obviously the the niche came about but i have clients who um they contacted me and said oh what does that mean for me you know that's just part of the plan i said nothing changes you've not had any communication but it's a very early stages, but you fit within the niche as well. And I realized that a lot of our clients anyway were within the creative industry. It took a little while to connect them because it's it's a niche, but it's still quite a wide thing. So I've got like, for example, a client who he builds like um grand design sort of projects. Um, you, you could think, oh, it's, it's a construction company, but it's so much more than that is very different um and then i've got like jewelry designers client for example so and then that one cross crosses over to e-commerce then you you know it was just trying to connect all that dots between them but i also feel like from the last couple of years i just naturally just drawn to this group of people um so it wasn't such like a, a huge pivot like okay 20 you know 20 percent clients like you guys are all out now it, it wasn't like that how did you feel about um, sort of drawing the line and like, so, so just to give people the background, so your niche is create, you, how do you describe yourself? Tell me a little bit about how you market the niche um, and yeah, how you felt make it like just deciding, actually, I'm going to shift. Yeah, I, I struggle with who, um, when I create contents and things, I struggle to, I don't know who I'm going, oh, do I focus on, say, for example, plumbers today, directors of a limited company tomorrow, um, um, high net worth individual the next day. I wasn't really sure what I was, um, how I should, uh, you know, who, who, who I should help or, I mean, based on, you know, what we have. Um, and I, I decided to, because I work with a mentor as well. So I decided to, I decided to niche um it took a while to pick because you naturally then because we are numbers people you tend to look at your biggest clients and you're like okay it's this is the sector let's do this uh, and then you have to ask again yourself do you enjoy working in in that in that industry um and you know i think 
I think numbers and like prof, it's always that whole question, profit versus passion. Um, but I think because I have a very supportive husband and I, I'm quite lucky because he's enabled me to to start this still. He, he, he's a big, big source of, um, you know, uh, input and, and support and help. So he's very, um, he's very good. He allows me to sort of develop the strategic side of business and then he comes in in the whole technical bit and just you know and, and help me out so we picked we picked creative industries because um i've always been I, i've always been quite inclined to art myself and i think naturally i just feel more comfortable um you can almost try and see if you say you pick properties for example or landlords and probably almost give yourself a few weeks and pretend you are doing that niche and see how you feel about it. I'm not comfortable. I, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy dealing with uh, clients from that industry, for example. I have a few and I know I'm, it's not my, it's not my style and I don't really, I don't really intend to um, develop bigger in that area. So <clears throat> that's, um, it's really, what I'm loving hearing about is so when you was in the employed role and you had this job, that was having a massive impact on you and your family and the quality of life. And you've turned this around so that you're now creating positive impacts for people that are in a similar situation. It's just such like the way you framed it and the way you talk about it is is just so important. And then the fact that actually it's impacting you even better because you're choosing to work with people that resonate with you, your values, your creativity, all of that is just like, wow, like it's it's such a positive, positive story, which out, and out of something like icky and not nice and a bad experience, you've turned it around. And that's- I think like, it's a bit now a bit like what James always say, right? Where is the gift? Um, you feel, you know, like James Ashby. I, I've been very fortunate to get, you know, a bit of his help when I first started. So that's how as well, with all this learning, I've managed to pivot quite quickly too. And then working, uh, you know, I work with Reza too. And it's it's very, it's very good. You you, you develop very quickly um, and you sort of work out like, okay, this doesn't work. It, this doesn't fit with my, with my um, ethos. I'm going to change, I'm going to leave. Um, it enables us to just move and find the right thing. So I just find, and I, it takes a while. And then I realized like, for example, my creative client, I've got like um, artists, um, you know, producers. They they are, you know, we are all same people, right? We, I might feel more comfortable with um, accounting and tax, but that's what, that's because I grew up with, I mean, I, I learned it, you know, we, we that's our bread and butter. Um, I get people take from clients from those industries telling me things like, um, I've you know I'm probably dyslexic or I can't do numbers either. I I always tell them I said it's not um it's almost telling them like it's not a disability. If you gave me a paintbrush, actually paintbrush to me is not a good example because I can paint actually. So, <laughs> but <laughs> but if you gave me like a screwdriver or if you got me to change tires, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be like yeah I'm pretty sure I, I'm disabled in that bit. Like I I I have that challenge where 
if I see a hole, like they all look the same to me. So I'm trying to tell them that there's nothing that there's not there's not a major shortfall there. We all have different skill sets, and it's just the best bit is just trying to find the right people to actually do um you know to 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 um help out with the areas that you're not um I wouldn't tell them like you you can't do it. It's just more that focus on what you are happier doing and we take care of the stuff that we're happy doing as well what's happened with your marketing so since you so you've obviously chosen this niche really honed down and I've noticed that your social media suddenly went crazy like it had a massive revamp and I was like whoa who is this <laughs> and um so what happened when you decided right this is the niche we're going with did you change everything did you rebrand and what sort of jump-started your marketing now so I um it took a little while because I wasn't sure like with Tambridge accountants that that does really well in the sense of like because of the name SEO and things I worked out with the SEO it comes on on the first page even though I was told that that's never going to come on the first page but I did it all all by myself no advertisement or anything um so and then I built Instagram so I've got I got some followers there but the temptation was to change the thing to um accountant for creatives or makerly my, my new brand then I would have that followers already um you know it'd be an easier thing but um my husband he I think um because he's he's also co-owner and he he said I don't want to um he wants to keep that and I also think like you might have different different people you know it's just trying to find more targeted audience um there could be there could be quite a lot of creatives sitting in my original account but I thought you know I'm for, for me I'm always up for a bit of challenge and I thought I'm going to start from scratch and set up another new account um and so I set up an Instagram because I think for creatives they they use a lot of Instagram that's quite a good um I do get quite a few inquiries from there and um, slowly do that shift from my existing clients to say, make sure you follow there. Um, I also set up a Facebook group for creatives, but they're not necessarily uh, my clients. They can be anyone in the uh, within the industry who just feel like they want to have a bit more of a um, close, uh, supportive platform that they could get help from without actually like, you know, you got to be a client and things. Um, I did that. And then I also, um, I'm in the process. So I've got, I got, um, uh, I got the brand, um, I rebrand, so I got a new brand, Makerly, and I'm in the process of doing the website for Makerly. I'm writing it. I've just finished rewriting um, Tambridge Accountants one, so um, this one has is, is a couple of weeks behind, but sometimes it's trying to get the almost the perfect, happy version versus, you know, just one version out. Um, Taking so, a bit of time, but making sure I get I get it right, the messaging. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's obviously, you, this creativity is being shown, like your passion for it in marketing, because it's that marketing is a very creative task, really, isn't it? And it's funny, I, I never thought, thought or saw myself as, as, I get told all the time that, oh, you're creative. And I'm like, am I? But I don't, but I, I see it usually as picking up a paintbrush. But like you were saying, there's so many different ways of like using your imagination and bringing something to life and this is what you're doing with social media and the business you've taken something with nothing and you've created something which is obviously creative you said earlier about the fact that you didn't want to be the traditional accountant once a year you know conversation or you know an email whatever 
what how do you support your clients what are the services that you offer so um we focus more on virtual finance office where i feel that a lot of businesses which are say 100,000 to 500,000 for example they don't necessarily have the amount of they can't really afford you know a full-time bookkeeper full-time accountant full-time CFO and um, there's a lot of it's all true learning and you see a lot of businesses they can expand too quickly and then they collapse um, it is all from not being able not actually not having any numbers to make the decisions on so I now try and I, I now try and off what works is having and the clients that we have from when we first started until now, what goes what goes really well is they have regular contacts. I, I tell my clients that it's better to come and ask us like, oh, we're thinking of buying a property or I'm thinking of buying a van. Should I, how should I pay? And things like that. You know, we, we, we work very closely providing advice to them. We do the bookkeeping, um, VAT, payroll. So, everything is all interlinked um that means they if they want to look at into their zero they have the, the up-to-date numbers and um if they need further investment decisions and stuff they arrange with you know like we we do strategic consultations with our clients so they can actually work out whether oh should i buy the should i do this um buy to let for example or you know or not do but after having that um for, you you get clients who really sit look at the um, analysis and work out actually that's not what they want to do and then they change to something else but I always feel that I always advise them you know yourself you guys know you go you guys know there's so much to do when you're proactive versus you come to us after you know a year after your accounts finish and we tend to communicate like we should have done they should have done that and that sort of conversation it just didn't appeal to me and I and I say if we want to allow business owners to make informed decisions we have to they need to have this is it's non-negotiable and I'm stepping away from um doing once a year I've, I've I think I've most I've got out of everything I'm in the process of exiting a, a few more but it's just it doesn't work and also where you know when they say I'll do my own bookkeeping it does not work there's so many things that they can't record and they don't know how to and the cost of unwinding everything it's it's horrific um and you know we just want to you you want to you want to make you want to have positive conversation positive work environments and situations like this you just know when they're going to end up with what do you um for anyone who's watching this who's thinking I think I need to think more about like, like you really understand your client you really understand what is going through their head, what's happening in their business, what they're stuck with, how you help them. And I think that we don't always do this well. Like if we build a business because we're like, right, I just need clients, I need clients, which is a conversation we have quite a lot of people. How do I find clients? Um, but you've really done that groundwork on like, who are they? Where are they? What do I help them with? And I think that takes you to that next level and it's helped you redefine the brand who do I speak to what's my niche what do I need to change about my website what would you say to someone else who's maybe earlier on their journey and they're building a client base at the moment in terms of thinking ahead maybe they don't want to have a niche now but they want to start planning for it what what can they learn from the journey that you've been on to sort of give them a head start I think you need to to know you need to know your mission statement first what you're out for personally 
and the business. And then you work out, I think mine has been a bit of like a, you know, trip and fall and pick up again, learn a bit and like, oh, that didn't really fit. I'm going to get a, bit, a t-shirt size bigger and I go back small and stuff, change pattern and things. But I would really work out on, you know, um, the mission, what, what, what you set out um, and, and business wise as well. Like how much do you actually, how big do you need the business to go? How many hours you've got? I, don't have I think where I, I'm not very good at is not having any limitations I just carry on um, I take on a lot of stuff and then I don't really I don't actually you know I feel like I need to have a pipeline but the last few months I've actually reset and work out like I think you need to have this this is my mission statement these are um, if you haven't got a niche or who you want to work with you need to work out who your ideal clients in terms of like what are they like um, what kind of behavior or what sort of person are they? Because I discovery calls, the last few um, quite a number of discovery calls I had recently, I've just turned down and said, we are not going to be working together, full stop. Um, because I pick up to me, if you hit three red flags, I'm like, that's enough. We, we don't have to explore that working together. It's not even about the price because that not no amount of money is gonna make me pull up with a client who's gonna you know it's not it's gonna be this a pain in the ass client I that's my no tolerance that's just you know I had a conversation where I was asked um basically I knew they were gonna be difficult and they said oh I want to know how much you um how much your fees are and I said we don't do that until we look into your books for example um and he said oh I've got a bookkeeper um I said okay um what's your system is she, does she use software I don't know but she's great assume the best um how would you price me on that I give you a turnover I give you that give you that um to me I would quite tempted honestly to say why don't you run my business because you probably know better than I do I I said to them I said um whether I'm 500 a month or fiver it's irrelevant because we're not going to be working together um <laughs> love it bold but no you know what you want like you know what's going to be the right fit for you and your business so I have um I think it also makes like you know when I try and support like business clubs or networking um I get people who because they've seen me talk or they see me interact um had this lady who came and said oh I just want can I hire you and I I asked a few bits details and she was like and I said oh no I don't deal with that area oh could you no because then I'm going to have like 27 niche, right? Um, and I yeah. said, no, um, it's very tempting to just, oh, actually we can expand on that. But having a firm line and feel that, you know, narrow and deep rather than we just go broad and like, oh, I can take on a bit more. The temptation is always there, but I think just because I, I can be a bit of a butterfly as well, just hopping around, but I was like, no, this is what I'm doing. Um, if you sort of somehow fit within creative, that's perfect. And I also get people asking me questions like, um, I'm quite small, but you know, I'm creative. Can, um, will it be too small for you? And I say one common thread my clients have, the client that's paying the highest and the lowest, it's not about the size of the business or how much they pay me. They have one thing in common. They are really, really nice people and I want to help them do the right thing and and, and achieve their goals. Yeah, I think that the narrow and deep is it, isn't it? Like if you know that you can 
uh, I suppose, sort of sense check yourself all the time. And um, that's really important to remember. Wendy, like yeah. creative clients as well, they get a bit like almost this maze and they feel like um, accountants are like scary people. Um, but quite often my clients would be like, they, I get texts like, can we get a coffee? Can we get a coffee? Can we meet and stuff? And they honestly, they enjoy it. Um, and they just feel like, oh, it's so much calmer now. No, you've put me at ease. Um, and that's a little quite nice testament almost to me, like we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. You want to be able to have a good conversation with your clients, them feel comfortable, you feel comfortable. It's It just works so much better. And I think that, you know, reining yourself in on not saying yes to everything is a really good strategy to have as you grow. Um, I've learned so much. I think we could talk about this. I think we could have a coffee and we could talk about this all day. Um, thank you ever so much for sharing, Wendy. How can people connect with you? See all of your amazing Instagram posts as well. Um, where's the best place for people to connect with you and find out more about you? Instagram, Accountant for Creatives. I had a thing then, um, but yeah, um, Accountant for Creatives. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm not very good at all at LinkedIn. I always find it like um, I have a bit of that thing you guys can probably advise but you know when you feel like you put out something and you feel like oh my god they are all going to judge me it's a bit personal not enough business there's no business or that um I, yeah I think maybe that one I, I I get a bit too fearful um whereas on Instagram it's quite natural I I'm quite happy chatting chatting away in stories um I'm also trying to put out more contents in terms of trying to um help out I think I think starting you don't quite because this is our bread and butter we always feel that we already know this is quite common knowledge and I'm learning as well trying to say actually a lot of people don't know certain things and trying to create more and put put more out there but more focused and more tailored so that hopefully it can you know it it's not about selling or getting another client but hopefully it just creates that awareness that you know they're missing out by not taking this action or by not knowing this yeah absolutely well Wendy thanks for chatting to us today thanks everyone who's listened to the podcast and we will see you next week for another episode of the bookkeepers podcast take care thank you bye thanks for having me thanks for joining us for the bookkeepers podcast why not join us in the six figure bookkeepers club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website sixfigurebookkeeper.com 